0: Can real estate troubles in China ripple across the ocean to America? Let's talk about it on Today in Mortgages. Hey, what's up, Dreammakers? Welcome back to the show. We're talking about what's real, what's hype, and what you should actually be paying attention to out there in the world of mortgage and real estate news. It's Today and Mortgage. And Rich, today I'm going to take you on a journey. You ready? <laughs> I got my passport. All right. <laughs> That's good. So, hey, uh, this one's kind of uh, out there, and you know, it's one of those things that's been in the news tangentially. Uh, and for, when we first brought it up to each other, we're like, "Ah, should we talk about this? We don't know, but super interesting." There's a lot of stuff out there, so we just wanted to hit on it because people might be thinking or talking about it, and uh, we want to think about it and talk about it too. So, what we're talking about today is Evergrande, which is China's kind of biggest real estate conglomerate, investor, builder, everything. Uh, and it's partially state-owned. They What happened to them, uh, I guess, last week? This has been gone for a while, but the big news last week, Rich, what happened?
1: Well, they owe $300 billion to investors, and they can't make the payments. They can't restructure the debt. I mean, it's just a complete collapse. And, you know, looking back, I mean, it's, it's kind of no surprise. It wasn't like when Lehman Brothers went under here in the States you know that was tragic that was just bad decisions greed you know just issuing mortgages to everybody like that kind of stuff but this this evergrande deal is it's been like a controlled giant forest fire for the past you know 5 years and uh, so they've known about it it it's just crazy because michael it's it's exactly the opposite issue
0: that we have in the states yeah. Totally weird. It's wild. Yeah. So uh, if you're not familiar with it, Evergrande is, like I said at the top, a really big real estate investor, builder, everything kind of in one in China. And you know China's economy is driven largely, their domestic economy and their domestic investing is le- driven largely by individual real estate investors going in and buying properties. And so Evergrande has been, and other real estate developers there have built An insane amount of apartment complexes and buildings Uh, and they have if you can go look i looked at some of these rich and i'll send you a link and maybe we'll put one in the show notes but there's videos of what they call ghost cities and there's just these you know massive developments with millions of units that are completely empty because they either can't sell them or they've sold to investors that are buying them as second properties hoping to you know hold on to those and sell them in the future as an investment vehicle. And so totally opposite, like you said, of what we have. And um, the demand has just plummeted and they've kind of seen that this has been artificially propped up by investors. And also because it's partially state sponsored government-sponsored. government-sponsored stuff, uh, they've just been pumping, pumping, pumping money into this. And uh, so what happened last week was this court in Hong Kong actually kind of called the debt and said, like, you have to settle this and actually force them into, you know, going to bankruptcy. Of course, they're appealing this. Uh, it's a court in Hong Kong and unclear, I don't understand, you know, Chinese law and what, who has what power over whom. And Hong Kong's it's, you know, separate entity, but still part of China. It's weird stuff. And so we don't completely understand it. But the point is, it got us thinking and we kind of looked at us and there was an article from Housing Wire a couple of months ago, actually. So we'll revive it. It says the ripple effect on the U.S. housing market from China's real estate crisis. And so, Rich, what are some of the risks that we run here in the United States just as a result of kind of the global economy we're in and this thing that's happening over in China?
1: There's no immediate risk to the mm. states for this failed entity in, in China. There's, there's just none right now. Uh, there could be some, and there'll be like little ancillary stuff that kind of trickles down. I mean, the real estate and infrastructure percentage of the China GDP is 20%. That's a big number considering, you know, the U S and China represent 45% of the world's GDP, 20% of their twenty so it's twenty five percent u s twenty percent china china is is growing, but twenty percent of their GDP is in this sector so mm. that is a big piece for them so their their economy has not been growing it's been very slow and so they're really worried about that so they got all this property they don't know what to do with right they got like you said they got these zombie towns with lots of Apartments and condominiums that they built for the middle and upper class part of the of, of Chinese folks. And they're just not buying and they're not buying for a lot of reasons. One, you can really and I'll, I'll give you the NPR uh, piece that I've been reading. But one big policy that has affected some of their problems today in terms of housing was one child policy. Mm. One child policy started in 1980 and barely ended eight years ago. We say eight years and we're like, oh, you know, that's a long time ago. It's 2016. It was a one child policy till 2016. So they don't have the population of young people that we do look at we're talking about the next five to seven years having 70 plus million new young home buyers hitting the market and we don't have the inventory for that china would love to have that issue but they had a policy in place that limited it and so they have since overturned that policy and they're back to just please have babies (laughs) but uh you know it's it's just so crazy the opposite complete opposite situations we're in in two of the largest countries in the world
0: yeah and of course it is a global economy and so one of the risks that i had read about rich was that you know some of those investors who had previously planned to invest in real estate in china uh, might come over and buy a properties here. Of course, it's a little bit harder for them to do. There's a bunch of regulations on that, but uh, with en- enough money, anything is possible. So um, <laughs> Not that, of course, would <laughs> exacerbate the supply problem that we have. And so that's kind of a minor uh, outlier risk, but it is something that was written about here. And there's other things like that, that, you know, Because we can't park our money here, we're going to go park it here. And, of course, that's going to have effects in other things as well. Well, that money parked
1: there within Evergrande is maybe lost. So it's not like they're going to be able to pull money and invest it here in the States. I mean, a lot of those investments are going to go bad. That's just the nature of the business. I mean, it was just 2018. Evergrande was the world's largest real estate company. And now... I mean, you go from champ to chump in just five
0: years. It can happen. It can happen to any business. Pretty wild. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess what I was saying is that yeah, individual investors who may have in the future, are, you know, wanted to invest oh. in property in China would invest in property in the United States uh, because they see it as a safe market. So, there, I think there's some, you know, risk of uh, that, you know, eating up some of the inventory that we already lack, uh, which, which might happen, maybe not. So, well, super interesting stuff, Rich. And it's something that uh, you might be seeing in the headlines. People you're talking to might be seeing in the headlines. And it's just one of those things, like Rich said, really enlightening to see how government policies and different ways of investing can cause different problems. And we have been under-investing in our housing and they have been over-investing in their housing and it's caused opposite problems. So super interesting stuff. So Rich, thank you so much for making us smart on this. Like I say, Rich makes us smart on all things mortgage and real estate every day here inside the network. If you're interested in learning more about how to be a part of the best network and mortgages, click the grow link below. We'll get you hooked up with all the resources that you need to learn all about that. So Rich, thanks again. Any final words you got for us today? No,
1: man. Invest in US property.
0: Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Go out. We Get pre-qualified. Check out network funding to do that. Speaking of network funding, Rich, uh, we're taking Thursday off because you and I are traveling to our President's Club, which we're very excited about celebrating our top producers. So we will not have an episode on Thursday, but we'll be back next week with more mortgage and real estate news analysis. So Rich, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks to everyone out there for watching and listening wherever you are. We appreciate you and we'll see you next time on Today in Mortgages. Mortgages are is produced by Network Funding LP, which is an equal housing lender, NMLS 2297. The content of this program is meant to be a commentary on mortgage and real estate news, and any discussion of rates and or products should not be taken as an individual mortgage or home buying advice or pricing estimates. And any commentary on this show should not be considered a promise to make a loan. All applicants for a loan must qualify and you should consult a professional regarding your individual loan scenarios for your financial situation. Visit our website at nflp.com licenses for all state licensing and other legal information.